When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Car Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Well, folks, by now you know what that music means. Welcome back to Car Stuff. I am one of your hosts today, Ben Bullitt. And I'm Kurt Guerin. And, Kurt, I've got to tell you, you and I are both pretty fortunate when it comes to our commutes in this, our fair metropolis of Atlanta. How far away would you say you are from the office? Minute-wise or mile-wise? Nah, important distinction. Yeah. I I recognize a local when I hear one, yeah. man. I would say four miles. Okay. So that would be between 15 minutes and an hour. Right, depending, because as we know, if you are like anyone else living in Atlanta, from the wealthiest person to the poorest person, the oldest and the youngest of drivers, then you are in an eternal battle with this city's sworn nemesis, that is traffic. You know, I'm not going to leave you hanging out there, man. Uh, I will, I'll give you my side of the story, too. Right now, I live in the same neighborhood where our office is, and traffic is so bad in this neighborhood that it is honestly faster for me to walk a lot of places than it is to drive, especially during rush hour, which is, I think, when you're four-mile commute stretches to an hour, right? Yeah, yeah. And before then, when our office many years ago was located in a different neighborhood closer to downtown Atlanta, I had a commute that could easily stretch to an hour and 30 minutes. And it was one of those things where it didn't matter what side streets I took. It didn't matter what kind of shortcuts I used. Like, if I didn't leave by 4 p.m., I was just going to stay there till at least 6.30. In previous episodes of Car Stuff, Kurt, we've covered different aspects of traffic. The best, worst cities for drivers, world's largest traffic jams, on and on and on. But today, you and I are going to look at something just a bit different. It's a question for many of our fellow listeners to ponder while you are stuck in traffic. Because I was thinking about this, man. 
What do you think the odds are that someone listening to today's episode is listening while they are in gridlock? Uh, the odds are pretty high. You think so? I think so. Well, try not to let the road rage get you. Today, we are tackling this question. How much does traffic actually cost us here in the U.S., both as individuals and as a country? To answer that question, we have to look like everybody knows what traffic is. Kurt, if you and I were stuck in traffic and someone was explaining to us what traffic is, mm-hmm. I-, I might get a little irritated. So let's cut past that <laughs> and let's just go to traffic jams. And and what's one of the biggest first questions we have about them? Why are traffic jams so prevalent? The simple answer would be there's a lot of cars on the road. However, there are complexities to that. And here in Atlanta, we have eight lanes of traffic on either side of the interstates and traffic still somehow gets bottlenecked. So (laughs) the jam is going to be happening way ahead of you, probably where two lanes maybe exit onto another interstate and folks wait to the last minute to to get over into those two lanes and someone has to hit their brakes. And basically there's this domino effect that ripples back into traffic and causes a jam for uh, miles and miles back. I guess that's the easiest everyday example. Yeah, Um, And then, you know, as people drive, and take the, make these risky moves to get over to the exit, an accident may happen. So then you have compounded the issue. You have a bottleneck, then you have an accident. You can easily see how traffic can get out of hand when there's a bunch of cars on the road. So it's not just the amount of cars, it's myriad other factors. Yeah, yeah. I like that you're pointing out the perfect word for this, compounding. Because just like compounding interest, those little taps on the brake pedal add up. There's mm-hmm. an accretional as you said, domino effect that applies such that this little tap on the brakes, maybe a a short, a short pause, call it two to three seconds, right? The car Mm -hmm. in front of you stopped suddenly. So you have to tap your brakes just two to three seconds. And then you all start to roll along, maybe 20 miles an hour, you get up to that. But everybody behind you is also tapping their brakes, and they have to tap them for a longer amount of time Mm -hmm. until you could be as far as a mile back and everybody is stopped. This is a thing that we can't really blame on one person. It's a group behavior, and things get more complicated when we ask why there are so many cars and why are the roads overloaded, despite the fact that we build so many extra lanes. We're continually... Uh, we're continually trying to make bigger and better roads and trying to maintain them. Our pal, Jonathan Strickland, is a podcaster, longtime colleague of ours, friend of the show. He's been on Car Stuff a number of times. Uh, he hosts a show called Tech Stuff and a couple of other podcasts here at iHeartRadio. He also, before we even started podcasting, he would write articles for our parent website, How Stuff Works. And he wrote an article called How Traffic Works, which is a pretty good read. Don't let him know that I said this, but Jonathan's a pretty sharp guy. And the way that he breaks it down, there are two broad concepts at play when we talk about traffic jams. The first is network overload. The second is traffic disturbances. Network overload, it's the fancy phrase for the idea that we already proposed, and that is simply demand and supply, right? Demand for room on the road, supply of room on the road. 
there are these bottlenecks where traffic just inevitably seems to exceed the road's capability to handle cars. That happens a lot here in Atlanta. We've got a bunch of two to four lane surface streets where a lot of people want to make left turns, but there are no left-hand turn signals. And uh, you probably, in your own commute, have some bottlenecks that you've run into. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the road that I take home is a four-lane road. There aren't left-turn lanes, so it's just divided. You know, it's like a little divided highway. And it's a fairly major back road into downtown Atlanta to and from. And so as far as network overload goes, there's just a bunch of people trying to get to the same place. And like you said, problems will arise with the whole left turn thing. You know, people need to get to their neighborhood and they need to turn left to do it. And there may or may not be a left turn arrow there. So you have cars stacking up behind this person turning left. And then inevitably, they're going to want to get over into the right lane to ease around the person turning left. It's that ripple effect. It just goes back and back. And then, then you put other stoplights into the equation. It's a mess. Yeah. And think about this hypothetical moment. Let's put ourselves in this situation. So you're trying to get around someone who is making a left-hand turn. You see a space that opens up, right, in the right lane, mm -hmm. and you can accelerate and escape this congestion. The person behind you can accelerate a few minutes later. The person behind them can accelerate a few moments after that, right? These other people in the right lane that you, you got in front of. This doesn't mean the congestion immediately clears up, although it feels like it does because we're generally looking forward in mm -hmm. our cars. Behind us, this problem is just traveling in the other direction, mm -hmm. is traveling behind us, this congestion. And this is something called the traffic wave effect. Imagine the domino effect on wheels, but also the escalating agglomerative nature of the snowball effect where the problem worsens the further and further it goes. So that's the first thing, mm -hmm. network overload. Second thing, traffic disturbances. They're exactly what they sound like, right? That is a broad term. Immediately my mind goes to accidents, fender benders, things of that nature, sometimes caused by the network overload itself. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I think most of us think of right now. And going back to you, listener, there in traffic, <laughs> I'm sure that if you live in a city like ours, in your commute, you will see at least one or two accidents, hopefully everyone's okay, or breakdowns, you know, a flat tire, overheated engine, something like that. You'll also see road construction and repair. That counts as a traffic mm -hmm. disturbance. And uh, you'll see harsh weather conditions, which, you know, our city gets a hard time for because it just takes a little bit of snow and the city shuts down. Yeah, when was that? 2014? They called it the snow apocalypse. Yeah. We can't. The thing about traffic disturbances that differentiates them from network overload is that we can, with enough study and analysis, understand and predict network overload, these inevitable bottlenecks, but we cannot predict traffic disturbances. Although we cannot predict traffic disturbances, we can say that they always spell problems for commuters. No one is ever driving down a six-lane highway to see two of the lanes in their direction closed off and going, oh, great, construction, awesome. You know, I'm harping on Atlanta because that's where we have our daily driving experience, but no one in this city 
sees those famous metal plates on the road and says, oh, great. What, what a good job. I'm starting to get the feeling that they're more of a permanent fix than a temporary fix. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. just a giant metal plate that's placed over a hole for an indefinite amount of time that the county, city, DOT makes in the road. And you don't really want to hit it going full speed. So you have to slow down and, mm-hmm. and thus the domino effect behind you will take place. But these appear all over the place and often unannounced. I mean, you hit it one time and you know it's there, but... The first time to me is always a surprise. There's actually one right at the entrance to my neighborhood, so oh, it's always man. fun to kind of yeah. glide over that on my way home. Um, one other uh, sidebar, I don't mean to throw us too far off track, uh, but I finally saw this phenomenon a couple weekends ago, and it was a rainy Sunday. Mm-hmm. I was driving down 285, Interstate 285 that goes around Atlanta, and um, I'm driving, and I see a pair of headlights coming in my direction. No, yes. Dude. Yes. So I finally saw the phenomenon of the car driving down the wrong side of the interstate, which happens more than you'd think. On 285? I don't even know how this car got. Holy where he got. smokes. That's fast and furious level dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of the day I'm checking the news to see what happened with this car yeah. going down the wrong side of 285. They never heard anything of it again. Were so, they in the slow lane? I mean, what, well, do, what here, even so, is the slow lane if yeah, you're going the wrong really direction? One, but this, get this. This person was in the left shoulder. There's a, maybe a eight or nine foot retaining wall concrete yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In between that and the left lane. And they were going fairly quickly. I guess they realized they were going the wrong way. That's why they weren't on the road. Yeah. I don't even know how you get off of 285 from the left lane going the wrong way. I just don't know how, I don't know how you get on. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I don't, I don't know how you would get off. Yeah, because to get off, you have to cut across the entirety of traffic in that direction. Which is a six lanes, maybe? This Easily. is right there yeah. at Spaghetti Junction area. Oh, wow. Yeah, Insane. So, it's, it's, so that, uh, first off, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Uh, secondly, everybody listening please, please, please pay attention to the wrong way signs. I know traffic Mm -hmm. signs can seem overall kind of negative. It's, you know, uh, no turn here, no U-turn, wrong way, that kind of stuff. Really, if you think about it, the only positive traffic sign is the one that says, keep going. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. 
The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Just to steer us back on course here. Um, <laughs> so traffic signs, that's one thing that could um, alleviate some of this network overload that we were talking about. DOT and work crews do their best to alert people to oncoming construction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, two miles ahead, two, yeah, left, sure. two, two left lanes closed, two also, right lanes closed. days ahead. Yeah, days ahead even. Even with accidents, you, you have the signs, mm -hmm. accident, center lane, three miles before this exit. Why do folks wait till the last minute to get over? I now, don't know. I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt in, to the driver and say they were focused so much on what they were doing mm -hmm. that they didn't see the sign. You know, they're looking at the road, eyes forward, just paying attention because there's a lot going on. However, if you move over early, it releases some of this stop and go tension that we feel that gets escalated the further back you go down the road. I completely agree with your, with what you're saying, but I think for some people, they feel that if they get over to the right because the left lane's closed or something mm -hmm. two miles ahead, they feel like they're getting in a longer line and it's going to be slower mm -hmm. and they should just push the issue, drive as close to the closure as possible, zip in at the last second. It's also true, technically, traffic is better for everyone if every driver practices the zipper merge. Mm, but course. the zipper merge doesn't happen in Atlanta. Atlanta is a very difficult city to drive in because for some reason, people who drive here, and honestly, myself included, I'm not going to throw stones in this glass house. For some reason, all of us have this sort of Mad Max mentality when it comes to the road. And I know the road that you take home, dude. Mm -hmm. I have been on that road. I used to have that commute. People are monsters on that one. It's and, tricky. It's windy. Yeah. And they're very close lanes. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not as wide as a lot of other streets here in Atlanta. What does this all mean? How does this work out? We have a stat for you. According to the 2007 Urban Mobility Report from the Texas Transportation Institute, Traffic incidents counted for between 52 and 58% of the delays we all experience in traffic. What that means is while there may be these unavoidable bottlenecks, you know what I mean? Like uh, two interstate exits that are very close to one another, 
exit and entrance ramps mm -hmm. and, you know, something where everybody has to try to go left while everybody's trying to go right. While those bottlenecks do exist, more than half of the reasons that we have traffic jams are going to be those traffic incidents, road construction, accidents, breakdowns, things like that. However, there's another factor at play here, and this comes to us from a private industry traffic analyst called INRIX, I-N-R-I-X. This was referenced in another House of Works article by our contributing writer, Sharice Threewitt, who is a top-notch expert on all things automotive. So INREX has their own term for a network overload. It's a traffic hotspot. According to INREX, these traffic hotspots are responsible for huge amounts of traffic congestion and huge amounts of lost cash. Uh, we know a little bit about how they started to break down the concept of traffic and how they ultimately arrived at a financial answer. So we're going to walk through how they figured out what a traffic hotspot was, how they analyzed it, and then ultimately how much it costs. In 2017, Enrix launched a U.S. transportation study. They called it the health of the road. So they had to define what a hotspot was. Um, Enrix used a cloud-based traffic analysis tool called Roadway Analytics. They analyzed areas with frequent traffic jams, and they narrowed those down to spots where speeds were typically observed to drop below 65% of normal of the non-congested speed for at least two minutes. If, for instance, they're looking at a road where the speed limit is 55 if it drops below 65% of that for more than two minutes, it's a traffic hotspot, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. In a hotspot, uh, traffic will slow less than half its usual pace. And the study also looked at the economic costs in terms of wasted time, lost fuel, and carbon emissions over the next decade. So that kind of describes what they consider to be cost, I guess, because we have cost on our, um, you know, well-being as well. Being sure. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's an umbrella term. Well, here's where the rubber hits the road folks and the nation's wallet. If you live near a city and you also drive a car, you can't do very much to avoid traffic. It's just there with you. It's going to follow you like a shadow. A 2007 study showed that in 28 urban areas across the U S Drivers spend, get this, an entire work week's worth of time sitting in traffic each year. So that means for almost 30 cities in the U.S., you're losing an entire week, five days, nine to five, of your life sitting in your car. So, you know, make sure you have a comfortable one. Make sure you have a reliable one. Make sure you can listen to podcasts while you're driving. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, 
those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. The worst example we found was Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, drivers lose almost two weeks a year to traffic. And this does have serious consequences. I'm glad you mentioned people's personal well-being here, Kurt. It's tough to put a price on that, but we can estimate the cost of traffic through a couple of different lenses. In 2005, the estimated cost of traffic to the nation was more than $78 billion in fuel and wasted time alone. So that's like we take the average income of someone, you know, for a work week, and then we say, well, this is the money that could have been made if they weren't stuck in their vehicle. And then we also say this is the amount of, you know, like this is the price for a gallon of fuel. It's how many cars were delayed. This is how much the fuel costs. Add those numbers together and get $78 billion. It's missing important things. Doesn't factor in stuff like damage to the environment, possibly. Still kind of hard to quantify. And it doesn't factor in health costs, whether that is your physical health or your mental health. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm sure there have been a couple of people who went to a therapist or something because of their road rage. What about wear and tear on the roads? Very good call, yeah. So Americans bought 2.9 billion extra gallons of gas because of traffic congestion in 2005. And the average annual cost to an individual driver was $710. And that's just due to the extra time you spend Mm -hmm. on the road because of congestion. Yeah, and let's go back to INREX. Let's look at, uh, let's drill down into a specific example. INREX found that the single worst traffic hotspot in the country, the single worst network overload instance or bottleneck, is near Fredericksburg, Virginia. It's on Interstate 95 South at exit 133A. And (laughs) Technically, I don't know if this is true, but technically that means that if you are stuck in traffic right now, 
and listening to this show, you have a higher than average likelihood of being gridlocked there at 95 South exit 133A. Anybody who's been through that, write to us. I mean, write to us when you're not driving. Let (laughs) us know uh, if this thing is as much of a bruiser as it sounds. Because in Fredericksburg, Virginia, at that one spot in the entire country, drivers are losing an estimated $2.3 billion through 2026. $2.3 $2.3 billion, mm. one stretch of interstate, 95 South, exit 133A. $2.3 billion, that's crazy. Yeah. And the numbers get higher too, right? In conclusion, the report said that across all 25 cities that they studied, traffic hotspots will cost drivers $480 billion during the next 10 years in lost time, wasted fuel, and carbon emitted. When that is broadened out across the country as a whole, the cost of these hot spots is expected to reach. Ooh, Kurt, Kurt, Kurt. Can we get a drum roll real quick? Yes. Yeah, so the cost of these hot spots is expected to reach $2.2 trillion. <clears throat> and that's trillion with a T. Oh, that's $2.2 trillion through 2026. Is that even real money at that point? I can't. I mean, I can't. Are there trillionaires? Even. Is there someone with a trillion dollars? Not, uh, not, not yet. yet. And that is a real number. $2.2 trillion. That's the answer to today's episode. If you look at the cost of lost time, wasted fuel, carbon emitted from now to 2026, it's going to hit $2.2 trillion in expenses. And, of course, that is an incomplete number. We can't put a genuine hard number on the quality of time lost to traffic, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can say a work week, we can say a person makes so-and-so per hour or per year and do the math that way, but we can't put a price on the time that drivers could be spending with their family, their friends, their loved ones. We can't put a price on, you know the cost of going to a psychiatrist because of your traffic nightmares. And of course, I don't know if we can, but we have not yet put a annual cost on the court cases for road rage. Hopefully we're kidding, but you know, there's stuff we can't price out. Right. And the added risk of driving in congested areas is. Yeah. And we didn't even mention the cost of insurance, which changes based on where you live. And a lot of that is due to, you know, reports of crime or accidents. Yeah. Right. So there ends our story. Hopefully the congestion that you were in while you were listening to today's show has eased up a bit. You're getting back up to speed. You've made it through your local traffic hotspot, and you've only paid a bit of that $2.2 trillion in lost time. Mm -hmm. And this ends our episode, but not our show. We want to know your traffic war stories. What is the worst traffic jam you've ever been in? Briefly, let's see, I think the worst one that I was ever in probably was about... Not too bad, actually. It was about four hours. It was about four hours. I get stuck in traffic on an interstate where there was a major accident, and I was I was really irritated about it until in the distance, like several miles ahead, I saw a helicopter taking off, 
and I realized that whoever was in that accident, it was getting a life flight to a hospital, and that put things in perspective. That made me think, you know what? Being four hours late or being held up like that is still better than being in uh, a terrible accident. So everybody stay safe. I don't know. Kurt, do you have any crazy traffic stories? I have stories? nothing on that one. I, the longest I've ever spent in a traffic jam, additional to the time that it would have taken to get there, was maybe a couple hours. And mm-hmm. It was in the D.C. area. But yeah, that's four hours is pretty intense. You were driving in D.C., man. Uh, through D.C. Yeah. Through D.C. But, uh, you know, that I-95, it, that yeah. whole road is a disaster. It's crazy. Especially up, up through there. Oh, that's the last thing. Oh, I have to mention. Okay. I don't know if anybody else does this, but when I'm driving, I am pretty, uh, I'll be pretty forgiving or judgmental based on the county and the state of license plates in our city. (laughs) If I see someone making a foolish left-hand turn and their license plate tells me that they're from out of town, I get it. You may not know that that became a turn lane. You may not know there wasn't a turn, that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. because you're unfamiliar. But if I see somebody with city plates and they are doing something shysty, they're driving poorly, then... They're doing it on purpose. Very much. I'm back to Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah. And they shall be judged. I'm with you on that. I always... (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, let us know your war stories. We want to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Car Stuff HSW, and the website is carstuffshow.com. And check out our Facebook community especially because we've got some great longtime listeners there. We've got some expert gearheads, and we have some, uh, we have some fantastic cars amongst our listener base. So do check it out. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Car Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.